1: Rise and shine, sports investors. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It is the Memorial Day weekend edition of the early line. So let's cock-a-doodle-do it. I'm Dane Martinez. He's Kevin Walsh. And, you know, Kevin, I, you know, it's weird. How are you spending Memorial Day weekend in the context of of COVID-19, right? Like, you're not bringing together 30 people for the barbecue. I don't know what y'all are doing, but I usually am on a friend's roof here in Manhattan, you know, playing a little beer pong, doing, having some fun. That's not exactly gonna happen. We're gonna try to figure out other ways to do it. Um,
2: How are you getting by on this Memorial Day weekend, Kev? So last year for Memorial Day weekend, I was in Vegas. Um, The funny thing is... See, th- like, I hope people understand that when I mention wrestling, 95% of the show- <laughs> Two minutes in, guys. <gasps> Listen, but it, it, it's the only way to answer this question accurately. Like, it's very real. Like, when I was going to Vegas last year, a lot of people were like, oh, you're going to Vegas? I'm like, yeah, but not really. I'm there to see a wrestling show that happens to be in Vegas. If it was I, in Ohio, I'd be going to Ohio be- and not Vegas. But I still enjoyed Vegas quite a bit as I went to Double or Nothing, AEW's first ever show. It was the best thing of all time. Basically, I because I've been very honest with myself about COVID and, and the restrictions that exist. But the the one thing that made me like ah maybe this thing is going to be over but then we before we think. I was talking to the to my friend who I had gone with. I was like, should we like maybe buy buy some tickets on the cheap, double or not? Like, which was just stupid. We never did. Um, but basically, that's like. I mean, that's how I'm going to be uh, embracing everything. I'm going to be watching Double or Nothing. Uh, there will be <gasps> a Double at some point. But basically, watching the pay-per-view, thinking about the pay-per-view, seeing what other people think about the pay-per-view. Right. It's a busy weekend. And then, I mean, there's Bundesliga on too. So like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm very busy. I'm booked this weekend. All right, fine,
1: Kevin. You gotta fit, uh, try to fit into his schedule because he <laughs> has, uh, you know, lots of things to peruse here during Memorial Day weekend. You know, what we're gonna do here today in a special weekend edition of the early line, you know, we've been picking teams a lot and going game by game. I've been making the point of how that Thursday night football spot is so hard for the road team, you know, and how it can really be the difference of a win or loss in some situations. We're going to take a look at the Thursday night football schedule for this season, and I'm going to find out, Kevin, the way I want to look at it is how many games would, you know, kind of change your outlook because it is on Thursday night, right? Because we've been looking at things like back-to-back road games, bad spots off the bye, and I want to kind of do a deep dive into Thursday night football and see, you know, kind of because of the positioning and scheduling of those games, are there any teams that are helped or hurt by it? We will dive into that. But first, we have a few news and notes around the NFL that I want to get you caught up on, Kev. So it seems like, you know, the Dak Prescott contract has been a big topic. Of conversation, right? You know, uh, they go ahead and pay Zeke. They pay Amari. They haven't paid Dak yet. Is he worth it? Is he not? They get him more weapons in the draft. But then they bring in Andy Dalton as well. Now, there have been some rumors out here that that uh, got an offer from Dallas, and it was as much as five years for $175 million. That would break down to about $35 million a year, which would make him the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history. Now, there's reports out there that he said no to it and is looking for, you know, at the back end of this deal, north of $40, $45 million. Um, So, you know, I mean, that's a lot of money, and we know the quarterback market you know, kind of is moving in that direction. That's not necessarily the question I want to ask you. The question I want to ask you is: Now that they have Andy Dalton, right, mm. who's clearly not making thirty-five million dollars a year, sure right? Isn't. And what we said, what we've done is we've talked about this, right? This gives the Cowboys another option. Okay, they're not painted into a corner based on whatever Dak is saying. So I guess what I want to ask you. And we haven't gone past the Cowboys going, you know, game by game or what have you, right? Mm -hmm. But their win total is, uh, I believe it's eight and a half, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll bring it up again. But the question for me is, how many more games Mm -hmm. does Dak Prescott win for the 2020 Dallas Cowboys than if they had Andy Dalton under center um, the whole damn time? Like, you know, because... We think about the value add, right? So if Dak would cost you $35 million, right, to get you, I don't know, call it nine wins. Mm-hmm. Would Andy Dalton at his contract get you eight, get you seven, get you six, yeah. get you five? You know, I, I really, how many more wins for the Cowboys over Andy Dalton? We'll call him the replacement level person, right? Mm-hmm. How many more wins does Dak get? The Cowboys right now, their total is nine and a half with heavy juice to their over. Um, so, you know, I guess most people think that Dak gets them 10 wins. How
2: many does Andy Dalton get? So I love this. I, I See, I, I do my best, the, uh, the unbiased journalist tour that I'm on a never-ending right. uh, never stop. But this is why I feel confident when I said the Eagles will win this division. Mm-hmm. I think the Dallas Cowboys have a very good roster. They had an awesome draft. Bringing in CeeDee Lamb was tremendous. Yesterday, when we went through, or two days ago, I don't remember even, when, uh, when we went through the Cam Newton teams, right? I right. said that we're talking about teams that had their guy. I had Wentz in there, but I also had Dak in there. Right. And there's been a lot of conversation about Wentz or Dak, Wentz or Dak. It doesn't, I, don't, I don't care. There's a lot of people that think Dak is better than Wentz. No problem. It doesn't bother me because you know why? Carson Wentz is locked up. There's no drama. There's right. less drama around a team that took a quarterback in round two than the Dallas Cowboys situation because they're the Dallas Cowboys, and they always find a way to make this stuff happen. I definitely think that das- that that Dak Prescott is definitively better than Andy Dalton. So in a world where Dak takes them to over and they get their 10 and 6, yeah, yeah. I think Andy Dalton then is closer to, say, 7 and 9, okay. maybe. As the and are those three person. wins worth thirty-two million dollars? Well, the difference between ten and six and seven and nine could be division winner to miss in the playoffs. Okay. So I would argue, yes, they are. Okay. But there's a lot of other things that are at play here that make this the mess that it is. The first is every single week now, when Dak has a bad game, mm-hmm. people are going to ask, should they put Dalton in? I've I've talked Hold about down kid the benefit of having a good backup quarterback. The negative, though, can be unnecessary talk about making a quarterback change. The thing is, there should be enough of a tier difference for people not to do that with Dak and Dalton. Unfortunately, because after games, Jerry Jones will do it himself. This will always be an issue. They've also botched this contract situation with Dak so many times that they've only themselves to blame for this situation. I remember when Wentz was paid. I remember, and people were like, that's ridiculous amount of money, but like you should see a lot of Cowboys fans felt that way. I said, you don't understand what you're doing here. You all think that Dak's better than Carson Wentz. So what do you think is gonna happen? What are you waiting on? You're gonna only Mm -hmm. end up having to pay him more than Wentz. Now, I didn't think that they were gonna wait two years and still not have the deal done. But this is a situation that they can only blame themselves for being in. The last thing that I will say about Dak Prescott, and it is one that I, I really struggle with, because Dak Prescott, due to this whole scenario, Dane, has been a very, very big topic of conversation yeah. online. There's a lot of people whose football opinion I quite heavily respect that believe he could be a considered a top-five quarterback in this league. A yeah. lot of that based on what he was able to do last year. The Cowboys had the number-two offensive DVOA in football this season. Sure. But let me ask you this, Dane. Why were they 8-8? Eight and eight? Why was it that that team offensively had nothing for the Saints, nothing Thanksgiving at home for the Bills, lost at home to the Vikings, lost that game to Philly? I know he was banged up when he played Philly. I understand yeah. he was banged up when he played Philly, but there's a list of games. They lost to the Bears. He ended up with some good numbers because yeah. there's a lot of garbage time stuff that really didn't represent the fact yeah. that the Bears had their number the entire game. If I'm not mistaken, the Packers came to Dallas and beat them. Like, yeah. Last season, they were 8-8. Eight and eight. They beat one team with a winning record, and it was the Eagles who they then lost to in the division decider.
1: And that's I mean, a- as a Jets fan, I know the Jets took care of them last year also sure. when they defecated the mattress. I, I don't know if I put that all on Dacto though, because here's I my knee-jerk reaction, my knee-jerk reaction to you, Kevin, and you've heard me say this all the time about quarterbacks, right? Like, they need to be able to raise all boats. They need to be able to make plays right and I've seen Dak do that I've seen him convert third downs right I've seen him run for 13 on third and 11 right I've seen him extend plays and make a good throw but it's not consistently see it's not like Deshaun Watson doing it it's not like Russell Wilson doing it right it's not like even Carson Wentz doing it in my opinion so that's why for me Dak is below that line Okay, for me, Dak is a second-tier quarterback, one that can get you to eight and eight, but in order to actually make the playoffs, you're going to need all the weapons, you're going to need all the coaching, and you're going to need a defense, and that's you know part of it. But I don't blame Dak personally.
2: Yeah, I think, and I don't personally blame Dak either. I, I don't want it to sound like yeah. I'm trying to tell you that Dak isn't a winner. I think one of the most impressive things I've seen was that game where he went toe-to-toe down Rodgers in, yeah. in that playoff. Now, Rodgers ultimately did what Rodgers does. But that was incredibly impressive. Again, But that's, that's the amazing. thing right
1: there, Kevin, right? No one's out there being like, oh, and
2: then Dak did what Dak does.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> you yeah, just yeah, said yeah. then Aaron Rodgers does what he does, right? right. Exactly. And that sentence, okay, mm-hmm. could have Patrick Mahomes in it, could have Russell Wilson in it, right? Could have Aaron Rodgers in it, could have yeah. Drew Brees in it, could have these tier one quarterbacks. But you're not saying, oh, and then Dak took over. No, I,
2: I think that, and, and Dak, Has his games where Dak looks great. We've seen this become an offensive makeover of Zeke is all that matters to Dak, is the most and as it should be important player on this team. It's just it's difficult for me as you know, people praise the Cowboys off of last season and what they were able to do when they were eight and eight. And again, like, they went to New England. They couldn't move the football. Like, there are people who will be like, Dak's a better passer than Lamar Jackson. The Ravens lit up, lit up the unstoppable Patriots defense. Dak couldn't move the ball. I know there's a difference between a game being in New England and a game being in Baltimore and a game being in Dallas. I just, I think personally that Dak is absolutely worth the same as Carson Wentz. Again, if you believe that he's better than Carson Wentz, no problem. But you're not paying him that. You're paying him what you're paying Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes, or more. And that, that's a bad spot to find yourselves in.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And I also think just the way this has all played out you know, Kevin, like how it's been in the media, back and forth with Jerry, I think that winds up giving Dak a bad perception. Okay, because other other teams, other players just kind of get this done. The way this is happening will only further shine a spotlight on Dak, and further make you think about what is he doing, and if he deserves that kind of money. We'll talk about this a little bit more, and we'll look at Thursday Night Football on the other side of the break. It's the early line, giving you the edge on sportsgrade everybody, welcome back to the Memorial Day weekend edition of The Early Line. I'm Dane, he's Kevin, and, uh, you know, obviously, we honor everybody fallen in this country, and unfortunately, you know, it gives us cause for pause for the over 100,000 people in this country who have also succumbed to this, uh, disease over the last few months. But, you know, on the bright side... It does seem like we're popping out on the other end, but, you know, this is time to continue to take this seriously, continue to be safe when you are outside, social distancing, do the responsible thing. So hopefully we don't have to continue to hear this all the time, and the numbers can start to slow down. Kevin, we were talking about Dak Prescott. If he kind of deserves this or if that's just the way the quarterback market is and how much of a value add he truly is over uh, a guy like Andy Dalton, who they brought in. And it does seem like you think he's kind of above the fold in a way that Andy Dalton is not and could be the difference of a few wins. When we do the Dallas Cowboys schedule game by game, remember that context when we're talking about the nfc east we'll continue our nfc south team by team preview a little bit more next week but we wanted to dig into thursday night football because when we look at the schedule when we look at these teams you know kev we talk about how going on the road on Thursday night is a bad spot on a number of levels. You get the short rest, but then you get the mini buy on the back end, you know, and the fact that playing Thursday night can really provide to be a benefit or a harm, not only for that week, but for, you know, extended weeks around them in the schedule. Right.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I think too, like, I, so, you know, I've mentioned to you before that I've been trying to go through the two fifty six in yeah. not a very timely fashion, but it's an interesting exercise. And, there are, there are spots where, you know, you see a team get to be home for a Thursday right. night game, and it's like, all right, that's a nice slump buster for them. That's right. huge. Uh, to me, that mini-buy, I'm personally finding myself valuing that mini-buy almost as much as a buy. I, I really right. am. I just think that, like... Especially,
1: especially if, like, the Thursday night game was at home, and then the next game is at home. Oh, my
2: goodness, of course. I just think the, that extra rest in the sport... It is so valuable, and that extra preparation time is so valuable that, you know, if it's a 50-50 proposition, if everything's equal between you and your opponent, it's, to me, such a, it's such a swing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So here's what we're going to do. Let's take a look at the Thursday night football schedule for the 2020 season. Here's the lens I want us to look at, you know, because we've been picking games for teams. I don't necessarily want to pick the game, Kevin. What Mm. I want to do is out of the 15 or 16 games, I want to identify how many of them Mm. do you kind of have a different take on because it's Thursday night football, because we can pick these games and we're ultimately going to pick all the games, you know, but for example, right? Like, and I don't know if you truly believe this, but I look at, for example, week four, Denver coming into the Jets and the Jets Mm. are one point favorites, right? So maybe you would have thought that Denver, they can get the Jets on the road, right? But now that it's Thursday night, you may be like, ooh, I'm more more likely to lean Jets. So for me, that would be a situation where, yes, this scheduling did have an impact. You know, uh, there's another Thursday night football game early in the season that's like, you know, the Browns hosting the Bengals, right? And I know it's a touchdown spread, but for me, Kev, that is not one of the ones where it would impact that, right? Because Mm -hmm. you're telling me the Browns are hosting the Bengals, I don't care if it's on Thursday or Sunday, Monday night football or, you know, Christmas Day, I think the Browns are going to win. So with that context, right, out of the... I believe 16 or 15, eh, I'll make it 16, mm-hmm. um, out of those games, how many of them do you think will the fact of the slot in the schedule it is kind of change your opinion on it?
2: I'm going to hang the over-under at three and a half of these games. It's interesting. I think too, right? Like, for example, that Bengals-Browns game that you mentioned, yeah, yeah. the, 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 no matter what, right, I'm gonna favor the Browns uh, as hosts over the sure. Cincinnati Bengals. But if I'm not mistaken, as I was kind of, you know, looking through some of the Thursday night games, I think that might be a touchdown and a hook spread at sure the FanBills Sportsbook. Sure and is. I think the difference of the time and mm-hmm. place could be that hook. And that people who, you know, who were you know who bet the NFL know sure. the difference between laying seven and a half and six and a half is a mighty, mighty difference. Yeah. So I think even even there you can see the impact that it has. Over Man. under three and a half on games that basically you telling me it's Thursday night as opposed to Sunday. And you're Wednesday. like, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. I, I think it's, you know, and, and you know, sometimes because we have, you know, the conversations day and especially when the schedules come out and there's yeah. been a couple of takeaways with like, I can, ta- I can see that it becoming a real part of now my thinking, right? Like me valuing the primetime game for the home team is now something that's increased through our conversation. Sure. So, I, I guess I, I mean I, I'd, I'd lean towards the over, but I would say that all of them, like I will, it's a part of it. Like I, yeah, don't, there will be very, very few games where I'll say. I don't even care that this is Thursday.
1: Let's test the theory, Kevin. And by the way, I'm glad that you feel that us having these conversations help sharpen our thinking. That's what we're here to do for the listeners, for the viewers, right? Because what do I say all the time, Kevin? We're not just giving you a fish. We're teaching you how to fish. And so if you now are, you know, while out there fishing, thinking, looking for some fish that are, you know, home TNF games, and you win some money off of that, well, then that's a beautiful thing. So let's look at it. Week one, the season opener, the Chiefs will host the Texans. Remember, this is not really a Thursday night game because they've got months and months and months of rest for this game. It's in Kansas City, they're raising the banner, getting their rings, and they're 10 points favorites. I don't think this matters much. I would have thought the Chiefs would win this game Anyway, the fact that the energy in the building for opening night will be there maybe i'm more likely to you know lay the 10 points but not necessarily so i don't know that this one would be an example of any impact i like kansas city
2: yeah i like i like the chiefs as well i actually think we, s- we spoke about this a little bit back and i right. mentioned i would even be willing to lay that 10 right i just so- think that all things equal this is just a very very good spot for the chiefs who mm-hmm. um are coming off a season where they were incredible and they're going to look to repeat that type of performance. And the Texans were one of the teams that beat them. And I know the Texans have some of their revenge on the mind because obviously the yeah, Chiefs were able to get that back in the playoffs. But I just think that they, you know, this is a Texans team that they're going to know they're going to need to be sharp for because they were also down to them twenty-four nothing at one point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this is not one of those games. Week two is the one I mentioned before. The Browns will be hosting the Bengals. Yeah. Um, the Bengals, listen, the Bengals going to be behind the eight ball anyway. This is going to be Joe Burrow after one game uh, under his belt, yeah. traveling on a short week to Cleveland, who you and I both think um, there's reason to believe in this year. This is not a game that matters to me, mm-hmm. unless you're talking about that kind of ATS getting the hook there.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and that's where I think you you see the difference in this maybe in this game is, and even even seven to seven and a half is a difference, right? Where I can get the push yeah. and I can get the loss, and I just think that the Thursday night scenario allows this to pile up some. The one of the and one of the interesting things I'll just say quickly is Dan, yeah. I'm very fascinated to see how because we're going over the schedule, I think more than ever, right? Due to the times that we are in. Right, without the live sports, people have picked apart the schedule in ways like never before, and I think that we're all going to remember these things. Right, like when you and I talk about this game in yeah. September, mm-hmm. right? We're like, remember when it was a seven and a half point spread? Right. And we're either going to be saying that from the prism of Burrow was so incredible week one, this thing is now five and a oh, half that, right? Or like that Bengals team is a downright disaster. It's eight and a half. It's nine and a half.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's why the name of the show is the early line. We're giving it to you early so you can start to think about. It. And you know, I think you make a great point that we've torn apart the schedule. I, I have ingrained in my mind now week six when the when the Cardinals go to the Cowboys, right? That it's going to be their third of back to back to back road games. That they're in these bet tough spots. I I am going to remember that, and that is the point here on Sports Grid to give you those early lines. You can get that cash in week three. This may be one where it matters. Kev, the Miami Dolphins go to the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Now, you had, you know, uh, the Jags going, like, 2-14. and 14. We know yep. they're not necessarily trying. The fact, though, that this is Miami, not a team, you know, a team maybe some people think are on the rise, but this could be Tua, you know, the fact that this is Miami on the road in a short week, are you more likely to maybe give the Jaguars, like, their first win, potentially, in this spot? I do think this is a game where the spot matters.
2: I think, it's a, I think it's definitely a game where it gives you a lot more pause. I think one of the benefits for the Dolphins, though, staying in state makes True. the travel easier. and I well, think let's that's see who they have thing.
1: week two. Who they have week two, the Dolphins. Let's find the that out. Bills, I think. If they are, in fact, traveling or not. Miami would have been home. Yes, Miami is home for Buffalo week two, so they stay in state, uh, so it's less travel. But go ahead.
2: Yeah, but I, I just, I think, Less travel for for them is, is very, very important kind of in this spot. Mm-hmm. And but also, I mean, the, the spread is, is close to around a pick them if I if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's one. It's one. Right? Like, the next I,
1: three Thursday night football games are all one point spreads.
2: I, I have to say, and I, I I it was I haven't gone through the full, 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 full Thursday night to where like they've all like almost been ingrained in my brain. This right. is one of the spreads, Dane, that I almost want to bet now. Because I talked about being higher on the Dolphins than others, Mm -hmm. and I think there's a world where the Dolphins are closer to field goal favorites in this game if Jacksonville looks as bad as they might those first two weeks
1: Playing, right. I think it's the Colts and the. Colts at Tennessee, so that is a good point. Um, and when I keep doing this, I'm going to try and tell you who that ro- where that road team is coming from to help you. Um, so I've got one out of these three so far where it does make a difference, and it's this Dolphins Jags game in Week Four. I've mentioned it to you before. The Jets get the luxury of being the home team. The Broncos come to town Week Four, and the Broncos will be coming from Denver off of a game from ta- with Tampa Bay, so they get done with. Tom Brady then on a short week they go from Denver to the Jets this is a one-point spread um yes I think this is another game because these two teams are sort of evenly matched they both have around seven seven and a half win totals so Mm -hmm. I do think in this spot Denver traveling two time zones on the short week with a second year quarterback this is a example where it does matter so I've got two and I set the line at three and a half
2: so maybe (laughs) we're going to zoom over uh do you agree Kevin does this one matter I totally agree. The Broncos are a team that I I find myself struggling somewhat to pin down, and sometimes I'm high on them. Sometimes I'm like, ah, maybe, I don't know. Um, But this was very much so a spot where the decider was the Jets being home for Thursday night game. There you go. I would lean towards the Jets for that exact reason.
1: All right, fair enough. So in week three and in week four, this is the case. I want to get one more in before we hit the break. In week five, similar thing. It's a one-point spread. It's the Chicago Bears who are at home. They're welcoming in the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the Tampa Bay Bucks will be coming from home in Tampa. The previous week, they played the Chargers at home. Then they will be traveling on a short week to Chicago. Is this an example where because of the spot, You're more likely for the Bears to get this W. Hold your answer. I'm going to give you a full commercial break to think about it. This is the way we're playing it out. We've gone through the first month of the season. We'll see how it plays out the rest of the Thursday night football schedule. Are there little advantages that you want to take, you know, now? That's what we do. It's the early line, giving you the edge right here on Sports Grid. Come on back. Welcome back into the early line on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin going through the Thursday night football schedule. Because, you know, my thesis is that that's a bad spot for the road team. Okay, so what we're looking at is to see if the fact that it's a bad spot actually is enough to tilt the scales on how my man Kevin would bet this game or pick this game, because, listen, that could be the difference between one of these teams going 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and 9-7 and seven and 10-6, and six, and with seven teams in each conference being able to qualify for the playoffs, it could be that you're in a bad spot on Thursday night that is the, you know, definitive line of your season. Before the break, we were talking about week five here, Kev, where the Chicago Bears, you know, get get the luxury of at least seeing Tom Brady in this bad spot. They are still home dogs by a point. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is a situation where if I just saw it, you know, when we used to be just going home road, home road, I would have thought Tampa Bay could win in Chicago. The fact that it's Thursday night and a short week and they will be coming from Tampa Bay, does that change your opinion at all? I, I It doesn't.
2: For me, okay. this is... I guess it, it, it changes... Uh, no, it doesn't. Like, I want to I I I bet the minus one on the, on yeah, the bucket don't, right don't now. Yeah, like, don't me, force it. They, to there's tiers to everything. It is the best way to do all of the things. That is one of the things I've realized. Like, when we're talking about fantasy football, yeah, when we're talking right. about best teams in the league, when you're talking about best players of all time, all of these things, if you yeah. just separate things by tier, it'll make everybody's life so much easier. And these are teams that are not on the same tier that – and it's just – it's not like Brady doesn't comprehend traveling on a Thursday night. Nice. Right? Like he's – whereas Drew Locke, because I thought it was incredible that how you mentioned, like Drew Locke making that trip from Denver to New York year two is not the same as Tom Brady going Absolutely. from Tampa to Chicago.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so this is not one of those instances. And to your point, Kevin, you know, if we identify four of these 16 games, then those are spots to hammer – now, right? That's what we're doing here. We are looking for value. And so it's absolutely fine, Kevin, if week five is just happens to not be one of those weeks. Let's take a look at week six. Interesting game. The Buffalo Bills are the home team, but they are home dogs because the Kansas City Chiefs are coming to town on Thursday night. Kansas City will be coming from a home date with the Raiders on a short week to go, uh, to Buffalo. Listen, you know, I get your tier argument, mm-hmm. okay? And and I would put Kansas City on a tier above the Bills. But even with that context, this is a place where I think the Bills will be up for this game. Dudes will be going through tables. This is, on some level, a, a, a huge spot for the Bills. So, and because what I mentioned is, the Bills are getting four. That's more than the field goal right there, okay? That's into kind of no man's land. I understand if you're about to say, no, it doesn't matter because of the tier thing you just said. But Mm -hmm. when I look at a four-point spread, I could be, because of the schedule, inclined to take over a field goal for the Bills
2: at home in this spot. What do you think? Yeah, and let me me tidy up the tier point a little bit in that if the teams are tiers apart is where Mm -hmm. – like, I think the Bucks. Are are on let's just call it tier one, sure, and sure, then sure. the Bears are maybe tier three, tier four. Ah, I see. So the, so it's not enough to make up a gap. To me, where, this is the Chiefs tier one and the Bills tier two. Right, and I think that's the thing where this closes the gap. This gives me a lot right. of pause. Right, like man, Buffalo they could host but Kansas City one. short week. Like this is, an, this is it's one. an awesome game that definitely it gives me pause. Not just on a on a spread that's now over a field goal in Buffalo, but just on an outright winner. I think yeah. this it's enough to make me. Stop and think. I think the Chiefs are going to be a team that you know I'm going to expect to win most weeks. Right. Um, and me expecting them but to win this is a hurdle for them, absolutely. And again, like one of the things too, when we think about the Chiefs specifically, right? They're they're the type of team that goes 16 and 0 when you do an exercise, right? But you so can't forget them losing to the Colts and the Texans right. the way that they did last year. You're gonna like, have like, to. Teams have their spot. Mahomes played right. both of those games, so just something to kind of keep in absolutely. mind. When you think about there the tunnels
1: division road trip at some point this season, maybe even not to the team you think of, but I agree. Week six here is an example of that. I almost like laughed to myself about asking you about week seven, because I don't think it's going to matter. The Philadelphia Eagles are the home team week seven. They welcome in the giants. They're getting, uh, they're are seven and a half point favorites. And even to add to this, you know, these teams are very close together. The giants will be coming off a home game. So all they got to do is go down I-95 for, for a little bit. I do not think this is a, a game where the spot matters much uh, because I think the Eagles, like you said, are a better tier team.
2: Yeah, very similar to yep. how the Browns and Bengals made me
1: feel. Right. I just
2: think that this is a difference maker within the spread itself.
1: Fair enough. So the next game, week eight, will be an NFC South battle. The Panthers are the home team, and they get the Falcons coming into town. The Falcons, again, not a lot of travel. They'll be coming off a home game, a home game with Detroit, then on the short week to go to Carolina. I think this is similar to what we just talked about in the NFC East, although I can understand if you have a little bit more faith in the Panthers. For me, this is not a situation where it moves
2: the needle. Well, what is the spread for this one? What do, they, what do they have right there? Because I, I'm inclined to like the Panthers in a spot here where they're not going to go 0-6 in division. The Falcons are the team they're most likely to take a game off of yeah. to then welcome them on a Thursday night. Right. It points me towards Carolina. Carolina is a one-point dog as of now in the early,
1: early line, so this is pretty much a pick em. and if that one point moves the needle for you, have fun with it.
2: Yeah, and I would basically say that I would pick them but when we talk about games I would be like circling, I, this is right. worth me, you know, getting in my car, going to Jersey, pulling over to the side of the road, putting a beta on, and getting back and letting it sit there for the next, you know, five, six months. This is not one of those. Oh, it's five. not one of them. It's I thought you were going to say it. It's not it's one, not of, one, one so far, of those. them. So far, there are But three I like the Panthers.
1: Week three, week four, and week six are so far the ones that you have identified, and we'll go through those again. Next in week nine, I don't think this one... I think you're going to have these as the tier conversations. It's the Niners who get the uh, luxury of hosting a team on Thursday night football. It is the Green Bay Packers who come to town. Now, I know the Packers are a strong team. They'll be coming from a home date with Minnesota. And that home date with Minnesota, I think is going to be, you know, leave both teams battered and bruised, okay? And that's another piece of this, right? That previous game, yes, it's at home, but th- that's going to be, uh, to quote your boy Jim Ross, a slobber knocker mm. on some levels, right? So now to sack up and then have to see San Francisco and their defense on a short week. I think it's a bad spot for the Vikings, uh, excuse me, for the Packers, and they are six-point underdogs in this game. Uh, I would have had San Fran beating Green Bay here anyway. I would have been hesitant to lay more than a touchdown anyway. So the idea that this is at six sounds about right. I don't know that this one moves the needle
2: because of the spot, Kev. Yeah, I'm all in and on the Niners for, the, for this anyway, spot right here. Like, yeah. to me, I, I almost think that maybe that six you could argue could be higher. I think the Packers-Vikings games, when those teams play, I will always take a longer look at whatever their next week's schedule is. Right. I went back because, I, you know, again, as I'm trying to peel through the schedule, just trying to understand some things. If you remember 2018, remember the Buffalo Bills' first two games? They got blown out by, like, 40 points. I think it was, like, the Ravens and the Chargers. Yeah. that like, And we started talking about, like, can Bama beat them? And I remember right. very clearly because then the next week, week three survivor pool, they played the Vikings. And they ended up getting beat by the Bills. And it was this complete shock, ruined survivor pools this that, right. the third. And I went to, like, look at what Minnesota had been coming off of. And it was a game against the Green Bay Packers. Now, it did go to overtime and end in a tie. And we know how much that can tire a team out. And I'm almost like, shame on you for not for picking a team that was off of a division tie type of right. game. Right. But I totally think that those are the type of games, because of how close the North will be, where you're going to want to stay away from those two teams the next week. And considering how Green Bay looked against the Niners last year, like this is a spot here where maybe I just like the Niners at anything under a touchdown. But the fact that it's a Thursday night travel spot for Green Bay, yeah, I really like the Niners there.
1: All right, fair enough. You know, this next one, Week 10, is a big one, especially given the context of our previous conversation in the AFC South. The Tennessee Titans host the Indianapolis Uh, Colts. in this one. I know you think this is a big one, and I want to add even more context based off of what we just said, Kevin. Uh, The Indianapolis Colts will be coming off a date with the Baltimore Ravens to then go on a short week to go to Tennessee and see the Titans. With that said, I do think the spot hurts the Colts in this game, not only because it's a short week on the road for a big time division opponent. These are what the books think will be the top two teams in this division. So the Colts in their road trip to Tennessee happens to be off a short week and Mm -hmm. happens to be after seeing Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. This is a spot for me where the spot is bad for the Colts. You agree?
2: One hundred percent. This is this is a this is That's to the me what I would time It's happened, by the way. I, 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 I pretty much would call this a decision maker because you'll yeah. sit there. And, oh, such a big game. such a big game. Yeah. I don't know. And this to me, the context of it all makes your decision. The Tennessee Titans.
1: Yep, absolutely. I agree with you. This is a big game for the you know, this is a big game for the AFC South. Um, so we're going to have a spotlight on it. And when it happens, Mm. Kevin, you know, kind of in the middle of November, we will remember this conversation. Let's get through one more. And, you know, it's another one. For me, you know, we've talked about the Arizona Cardinals a lot. You know, we mm-hmm. we believe they may be able to t- take a step forward. I, I do not like the fact that they're one of the few teams that have three straight road games. I do not like the fact, though, that they open, I believe, at San Francisco. I think that's a bad spot. And then again, Thursday night football, week 11 – It's the Arizona Cardinals who have to travel on a short week, and they go to Seattle in this spot, Kevin. I think that's really, really tough. They will be coming off a home game against Buffalo, but short week against Seattle is certainly no picnic. And I would even say for a team that beat Seattle in Seattle last year, the fact that they now have to do this potentially on a short week, yes, this moves the needle for me and puts the Cardinals behind the eight ball in this spot.
2: Yeah, I, I think that this is a, a spot then that heavily, heavily favors the Seahawks. Like, they're at, when they're hosting the Cardinals, things are already significantly in their favor. For them to have all of these things start to build up, it just makes – like, what's the spread look like for this one?
1: Uh, no man's land. Seahawks, five and a half. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, I wouldn't touch anything about it.
1: Yeah. There you go. All right, one last one we could tell, talk to you about. You know, and it, this is an interesting one, okay? We have arrived at late November. hmm yeah, okay. We have arrived at late November. So I want to make the point that Thursday night football, obviously in week 12 is Thanksgiving night. Okay. So it's Ooh, we a little got three bit of, of a different one, but we're talking about the night game, right? So right. we know that's Raven Steelers. Then the other point I'll make, and we'll go through them, uh, kind of in our final segment, you know, an interesting quirk also of the NFL schedule, they try to do it and they were able to successfully do it this year. The Thursday night, After Thanksgiving is usually two teams Mm -hmm. that played on Thanksgiving, so it is not a short week, you know, per se, for those teams. And then week 13, they deliver. It's the Cowboys going to Baltimore to see the Ravens. Okay, both of those teams will have played on Thursday the week prior, so it's mm. not that idea of the short rest, but, of course, that's a tough spot for anybody traveling to Baltimore. So we won't have to talk about that one. On the other side of the break, we'll talk about Thanksgiving night where Baltimore is also involved on a road trip to Hines Field, and then we'll close out the Thursday night football schedule as we get to December. So far, it looks like there's been about four games where this spot is real bad and you may want to click submit right now we find out if there's any more that's why we do it it's the early line here on sports grid
0: dailyroto.com learn from the game's best dfs players we don't just give you premier advice we play every day all major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.
1: Welcome back, and happy Memorial Day weekend once again here on SportsGrid. We are cock doodle doing it through the Thursday night football schedule, okay? And we are trying to find, are there examples or how many examples there are where the spot changes your thinking of it a little bit that's part of the beauty of getting the nfl schedule like it's one thing to do it in a vacuum right kevin but you need the full context of where are they coming from are they coming off the bye uh, who has the short rest and that's part of what you're thinking about as you continue the uh, monstrous task of picking all 256 games in the nfl season we were at thanksgiving the night game it's Baltimore and Pittsburgh, okay? So the same exact thing, right? Pittsburgh gets the luxury. Baltimore has to travel. Baltimore in week 11 was home. They were home for the Titans, and uh, what mm. could be a pretty physical game, if you want to know the truth. Um, then they will have to travel to Pittsburgh. Let me tell you something. I... <sighs> I do think this may be one that changes it. And let me tell you why. Because the current line has the Steelers as home dogs by two and a half. Right Mm -hmm. around that field goal number. And that does matter to me. I think this is the rivalry game. I could see this being right in a spot where the hook would matter. Does it matter to you, Kev?
2: Yeah, I think with the Ravens and the Steelers, I think that, you know, I still think that the Ravens are, are a much better football team. But when they play, it's the old. Oh, it's so stupid. Throw the records out the it's, window. It, thank you for not making me <laughs> even sight. it. But like to then add on top of it that the Steelers will get to host on Thursday night, and also um, just because you mentioned it before, it's called Titans back-to-back week for the Ravens. Like right. that's a really, really difficult three-game stretch there. That. This does line up very nicely for Pittsburgh. You know, as a plus-money price at home for the Steelers, you don't get that all too often. I would love to get it at three, but, you know,
1: two and a half, it still gives you the home dog in a spot where the home teams usually do, in fact, win. We fast-forward. I told you about Dallas-Baltimore. They will have the same amount of rest in Week 13. Technically, there are two more Thursday night football games. In Week 14, this is an interesting one, and you've made this point before, the Rams are hosting Thursday night football, and they have the New England Patriots coming to town. However... And this is a very mm-hmm. important point and something I'm pissed off about because my Jets have two road trips out to L.A. to see the Chargers and the Rams, and one of them's week like five and one's week 14. However, for the Patriots, the week previously, they will be in the same stadium. They mm-hmm. will be at the Chargers, and then so it's not a short week. It is not travel because they stay right there in their hotel rooms, don't even have to pack before they play the, uh, the Rams, you know, on the road, technically, short week. Does this matter to you?
2: How do we feel about them staying in a hotel? Like, do we think that them not having to travel, like, them not having to travel time zones and them not having to get back and forth on planes is definitely a plus. That's definitely a plus. Right. But, like, I don't know the longest you've stayed in a hotel. Like, it's not super long for me, but it's not, like, there's something about the comfort of your bed. Like, I don't, I'm just trying to, like, figure out, basically, like, Them not having to travel versus though them having to live out of a hotel for,
1: you know. Let's put it this way: I'd be willing to bet that the hotel and the rooms that the Patriots are staying at are better than wherever you had to hunker down in your Jersey motel on spring break
2: for about five nights, Kev. Right. No, this is. These are all. These are all fair points being made. These are all. Uh,
1: I hear you go know that they. You know, uh, it does still put them in a bad spot. They are. It's only a one point spread, though, right? So maybe the fact that they aren't traveling mitigates it somewhat. The final Thursday night football game, Kev. Is an interesting one. Remember, we've talked about how the Raiders get a bunch of home games on primetime. Well, this is the only one that's of the Thursday night variety. Um, They get the Chargers coming to town in week 15. So let's look where the Chargers will be coming from and it's a home game. So they're going from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. You know, many people that are interested in this network and, you know, like to get a little bit of action have made that exact drive through the desert from L.A. to Las Vegas. Do you think this one moves the needle? I actually think this is a big-time game for that division, potentially for playoffs, just regardless, and Mm -hmm. it is only a one-point spread.
2: Yeah, and I think one of the things is we don't know who's going to be the quarterback for this game for either team. Like, what a weird game Uh, this is like has the potential to be. I'm very very excited to see what a home atmosphere looks like in Vegas. Now technically right. I don't know what if we get that full picture this year. Right. I don't know. With That's that good. kind of being said, this is such a close division game that a team at home on a Thursday night is can can as I've called it before a decision maker.
1: Fair enough. I will, because uh, you alluded to it, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is going to be Justin Herbert versus Marcus Mariota at oh. this point. Um, oh. Let's put it this way. Here's what I'll say. If Terod Taylor is the quarterback for the Chargers here, it means the Chargers are a playoff team, yeah. right? If the Chargers have Terod under center in Week 15, that means in Week 14 with a bye being won at 13 games, that means I believe they're 8-5 or better. Okay, um, into this spot. So it is an interesting thing to note. Um, And you mentioned it with even teams like Dak, right? And bringing in the other quarterback. Mm -hmm. You know, Carr and Mariota, I think that's an interesting spot to watch. I believe Mariota will eventually overtake Carr. And I also believe Carr should be on your radar, Kevin, when you Mm. say things like, oh, the Patriots have a move up their sleeve, what the Patriots going to look like next year. Don't forget Mm. about the fact that there are some teams that for this year have two quarterbacks in their room where both of them will definitely not be there a year from now, you know. Chicago is probably one of those spots. Las Vegas is probably one of those spots as well when you think about it. So there you have it. Those are the 15 games. I will send a little caveat. I said they have, that's the last... Thursday night game. The following week, when they usually play a Thursday night game, that Thursday would happen to be Christmas Eve, so the NFL is taking over Christmas Day. It's Friday night lights kind of thing, and it's going to be the Vikings going to New Orleans to see the Saints, and I just think the Saints are going to run roughshod in that spot. Revenge against the Vikings, who beat them in the playoffs. It's Christmas night. It's prime time. It's in the Dome. I like New Orleans in that spot.
2: I'm very um interested that they decided to run this spot here because of the nba's stranglehold on christmas day but well, we don't know what the nba schedule is going to look like this year 100 and maybe this though this could is the a... opening day of the nba this could be opening been... night of the nba but like i would be very upset then if like nba's opening day has to go up against a football game and i hate that because also the plot out their course first that's the benefit of being first no, one hundred percent. But the thing is, like, the NBA would always want to ha- kind of have this Christmas Day start. Like, I just think it's its weirdly g- like s- greedy of the NFL to go to the Friday slot when Thursday night Christmas Eve is is like a great spot for a football game. Like, most a lot of people are home for for Christmas Eve. Like, yeah, but I got—I can't. Uh, nah, I'm not. I'm going to like my aunt's house.
1: You know, to do it's another kind of Christmas thing. And TV's I gotta- not on though. The TV's on, but I gotta kind of pay attention to like, you know, my nieces and nephews opening presents. I, I I have to like
2: faux pay attention. You're more focused on on 5:30 p.m. Christmas Day.
1: I guess you you make a good point. With
2: I- an NBA game on the other screen? Because
1: usually the big NBA game is the midday game. You're right, but my hope is that this is not 5 o'clock. My hope is that this is a night game, the 8.30 spot, like it always is. And by that time, everyone's gone. I'm home. I mean, I've had <laughs> dinner. I'm, I'm back in my sweatpants ready to go. And also week 16, this is going to kick off fantasy championship weekend. So I need to be focused on that one. But just to recap, uh, we found five. I hung the over at three and a half, right? We found five. So correct me, you know, Kevin, we said that week three, Dolphins, Jags, week four, Broncos, Jets, week six. Chiefs-Bills, then down to Week 10, Colts-Titans, and again the following week, Week 11, which is Cardinals at Seattle. Those are games to circle on the Thursday night football schedule. And think about some of the teams we're talking about. These are competitive, contending teams, Colts and Titans in that division. We like the Cardinals in that division. When I look at Week 6, Bills-Chiefs. You know, could, could the Bills, because of this spot pull out an upset, and could that be the difference of them winning the division? You know, these are big linchpin games for them. Week four, the Broncos and the Jets, I'll tell you what, one of those teams is going to kind of be a surprise wild card contender. Guess what? The team that probably wins that game will be, you know, and then obviously the Dolphins and the Jags is kind of a different uh, level or tier as you're talking about, but these are definitely games to pay attention to and maybe to get ahead of in terms of putting your action on, right, Kev? That's why we call it here the early line.
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, again, the the NFL um, has, you know, given us the full schedule, to, and due to the times, it has been, as I've said, just looked at, analyzed, broken down more so than ever, and I know it is difficult to, you know, place bets sometimes so many months ahead, right? But yeah. the difference right now is if I bet the NFL champion versus, you know, me betting the week four uh, Jets-Broncos game is a, still a significantly sh- earlier payout for a potential Jets Broncos game and if you believe that you've got an advantage there that just other people cuz this is the thing right it's not that maybe you know we're not necessarily reinventing the wheel by telling people that traveling on Thursday night football is bad but i am telling people uh, that not the these markets are not being touched in the same way right. that they will be week 4 of like course. not even close not even close. Now, yes, there's a lot of things that could change from now to week four, and maybe you will end up saying, damn it, I can't believe this sure. happened. Of course, that's the I got life. my
1: money in on the Jets, and then Sam Darnold tears his ACL in week two.
2: Now I'm screwed. I must say, you are very willing to say the exact bad thing. Like, I try and never <laughs> say it because I don't want anything to it. You don't know and what we're- you're talking about, though, Kev. <laughs> I, I, then that's why. It's like an unspoken, and you're very much so like, yeah, I don't want to have to deal with Sam Darnold ripping his knee oh, to you're calling <laughs> an
1: unspoken. Meanwhile, my job is to speak. Yeah, so is. I'm going to yeah. speak. But I think you make a great point. Last thing I want to touch on today as we go into Memorial Day. Um, you know, we talk about this new normal. All the time, Kevin. And check this out. We'll put it up on the screen now. As you know, beaches potentially open, stores and malls potentially open. Casinos are on the precipice of opening, whether it be at 25-50% capacity, and just like everything else, it will be the new normal. So take a look at what one casino is putting up this glass partition when you are playing. It reminds me of like going to Sizzler or a food bar, and you have that uh, you know, kind of blocking the food. It reminds me of like like sometimes a a liquor store in certain neighborhoods where I have been before, where you have this glass right there or like a takeout restaurant. What do you think about this? And if this is at the craps table, the poker table, the blackjack table, how much does it alter the experience for you? Like, are you going to want to go and play with something like bulletproof glass and partitions and masks, or are you going to like play online?
2: Yeah, it's kind of, it depends on, who, on the player that you are. I mentioned my lone trip to Vegas. I was at the blackjack table quite a bit, though. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But, like, also, like, because you can tell, like, the dealers that know that you're basically not, like, a regular. Like, they're, like, some of them are very, very kind to you, and that interaction is fun. I also, though, have to envision but, I mean, there's a lot of people that have had one too many still sitting at those tables. And there's a lot of people that are just going to lean their head forward on that glass and just <laughs> bang their head and be like, oh, hey, what's going on? Everybody's
1: Everybody's good? I think that is a great point And what a point to end our Memorial Day weekend show on It's been the way too early line Enjoy your holiday weekend When you come on back, we'll be here giving you the edge
0: DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players We don't just give you premier advice We play every day